Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. So like I said at the beginning of Mass, today's the feast day of the dedication of St. John Lateran Basilica in Rome. Anybody been there, St. John Lateran? Okay, so a few. All right. It's, it's an interesting feast day. There's only two feast days of the church where we, dedicate, where we celebrate the dedication of a building, uh, not a person, right? The other is St. Mary Major Basilica. This is the feast of the baptism, if you will, of uh, St. John Lateran in Rome. It's one of the four major basilicas. You got John Lateran, Mary Major, St. Peter's, and St. Paul outside the wall. Um, and a lot of people get confused and think that the, the, the most important basilica is St. Peter's. I mean, and it is, and it's, it's the biggest one in the world. It's over 600, uh, let me get this right. It's two, you can fit two football fields, end to end, from the back to the front. That's gigantic. It's absolutely massive. Um, but it's not the Pope's Cathedral. The Pope's Cathedral is St. John Lateran. For centuries, that's where the Pope lived, that's where the Holy uh, Father lived, and that's where he ruled from in Lateran, the Lateran Basilica. So what the church is inviting us to do today, especially with these scriptures, you can, you can hear it, the church is inviting us to contemplate uh, the temple even the word contemplate literally means to look within the temple, contemplums, right? To look within the temple, right? So we're being invited to contemplate the temple. It's hard for us as modern-day Christians to really grasp what the temple was for first century, for ancient Jews. The temple was everything. The temple was everything. It wasn't just one building among many. It was a microcosm of the entire universe, The temple was a microcosm of the entire universe. The universe, which itself was considered a macro temple. You look at those first pages of Genesis, Genesis 1 especially, where it's describing the first day, the next day, the next day, what God's doing. You look at ancient literature, what you see there is the author Genesis is, he's describing the the, the universe in, in the language of temple construction, right? The universe is being described in terms of temple construction, 
The last thing to be installed in the temple in the ancient world would be the image of the deity, right? So think of like the, um, the great temples of, of ancient Rome or ancient Greece. They would build the, the temple, the huge structure, think of like the Parthenon. And the last thing to be installed would be the actual image of the deity enshrined there. Well, who's the last to be installed in the temple of the universe on the sixth day? The human person, right? God made the male and female in his image and likeness that we are the, the image of the deity installed in the heart of the temple in the last moment of the construction, which is pretty powerful, right? Man and woman, male and female, God's image and likeness. So the universe is itself a macro temple where the human person was meant to serve as like high priest, right? God gave Adam the commandment, you're to till and to keep, or till and to keep the temple, till and to keep the garden. The words there in Hebrew, havodah and shamar, havodah and shamar, they appear only one other place in the scriptures, in the book of Leviticus, when we're hearing describe the like the responsibilities of the temple priests. What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to havodah and shamar the tabernacle, to till and to basically maintain it, right? So it's a priestly role that the human person was meant to be the high priest of this great cosmic temple. We sum up in our very nature all of material creation, but unlike the rest of material creation, we have this amazing thing called free will, which means that we're able to express and respond to God, that we are like the mouthpiece, if you will, of creation, right? We give voice to all of creation in our praise and thanksgiving to God. That's what our role was supposed to be, right? Offering worship, thanksgiving back to God. So the temple in Jerusalem, after we were exiled from Eden, right? After this separation between heaven and earth, God goes about recreating little micro-temples, micro-temples. Think of these little sanctuaries dotted throughout the Old Testament. Think of the, t- the tabernacle tent of the desert wandering eventually gets summarized in this grand building in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. And the temple is constructed with all of this cosmic imagery, sun, moon, stars, there's water, there's plants, there's animals, vegetation. All of it is meant to be evocative of those p- first pages of Genesis. The temple was seen as a microcosm, and the high priest himself, the very vestments, the garments that he wore were decorated with things that were reminiscent of the temple, right? So the high priest himself was a little micro-temple. He himself was a summary of the temple, which itself was a, a microcosm. You see how this is, think of like one of those Russian doll things, right? It just gets folded in and in, like in upon itself. So what was the point of the temple? To be the meeting place, the meeting place between heaven and earth, the place where God's power and glory, where it came to dwell in and through humanity, where the grace, which is like where grace flooded out into the world. Now here's the thing. What Herod the Great's temple could only prefigure Jesus himself fully embodies. Jesus himself is the meeting place between heaven and earth, right? He is the new temple. He is the new temple. And then flowing from his side, as he hung upon the cross, sleeping in death, flows the river that Ezekiel saw hundreds of years before the crucifixion. This very strange river which irrigates and brings life and like there's fruit trees that are producing fruit every month. Think about that. Not just once a year, but every month. It's this life-giving superabundance. The leaves are used for medicine. All of it, it's this life-giving superabundance. Wherever that water goes, there's life, there's life, there's life. 
And that river that flows from Christ's side is the Spirit, right? The Spirit is flowing from Christ's side, irrigating the world. Okay, so, back to St. John Lateran in Rome. Why are we celebrating a building, right? Why are we celebrating a building? Especially because, after all, doesn't St. Paul say, we are God's temple? We are, that's true. However, however, the sanctifying power of grace like the river, it flows to us, it reaches us by means of the church, which is Christ's body on earth. Like we're not angels, meaning that we have bodies, we need to worship in particular spaces and times, right? Like we need all of the visible signs and symbols to be a vehicle and means by which grace can reach us. Our buildings aren't just buildings, like our buildings are consecrated. That's what those candles on the walls mean, by the way, right? You know that. Those are dedication candles. That's when this church was baptized, when the bishop consecrated this building. He made a X or a cross on the wall with chrism right on those spots. That's why those candles are there. Like this church just like St. John Lateran, it's a visible expression of, of an invisible reality, right? The river, the invisible river of grace that's flowing out of Jesus' side reaches us here. It reaches us here. So the, the Lateran Basilica that we're celebrating today is the mother church of all of Christendom, right? And that church, she embodies the sacramental reality that what happened to Christ on the cross like reaches us in time and space in particular places through what's about to happen here on this altar. That river that Ezekiel saw, that Isaiah saw, that John saw in the apocalypse, that river spills out of Christ's heart upon this altar and into your very body to make you the dwelling place of the Most High God. Amen.